is what he goes by. He was in the biggest gang in New York. New York's finest cop. Rose to power. <laughs> Even ranked up to CIA. <laughs> now, I don't know if all this shit is true, but he's not somebody you want to fuck with. The day I met that man, he put the fear of the devil in my heart. Yeah. Look. With these little rap niggas, I just play with them. Something like fishing on the track, I keep beating them. Caught up on a hook, now filleting them. Easy get to slaying them. Body found, now pray for him. Usually in the VI, listening to BI. I don't care if you box, I'm not like TI. CI, New York Giant, I'm like FIFA. Well, sometimes we have to be the devil to take down the devil. Welcome back to Faded Truth. I have Alex Hugo on the show today. He is the creator of the Bully series, as well as the yes. upcoming movie, Bully the Dead Don't Die. You guys have you seen go. the full cast. And I'm so excited yes. to finally have the man behind the scenes. Uh, he also plays Freddy Rico, who is one of the dirty cops on there as well. <laughs> what are you drinking? I went so so bullies is, is like in his own universe so there's like different stories back in the series is like four episodes in the series like a book you know what I'm saying so there's four chapters to that book last chapter King Kong which is the guy sitting down, you know, the Dominican hitman. He kills somebody that we, me, uh, my character, and Ronnie's character, Valentine Enrico, was supposed to lock up. While we chasing him, is a chase scene. He gets, he gets the best of him before we catch him. And then I have a mask on, Valentine doesn't. So he gets to catch Valentine's face. So this is like four years ago in, in that universe. So when the movie starts that, where that scene is, is like three years in the future. So he oh, remembers. So he remembers. He's like, I know this guy from somewhere. That's how the scene starts off. The whole thing is in Spanish. So when he figures it out, I leave. And when I come back into the scene, that takes place where we just like, I, I know what I got to do. I got to take him out before he goes to Sos, which is his boss, and okay. compromises me and I have to kill him. You just see a different side of Rico because at this point, in the series, you see a, a, a plain Rico, just a regular cop. You know, he's just getting in the game as far as undercover. He's out of his element. But in the, in the, in the movie, in this movie, it's a different side of him. He's, he's so embedded in this world that he, he's invested it. So he's become the person that he's acting as. So he has like a double bipolar personality type of thing. And that's, that's when you see the wickedness in him. It's a Latin thing. <laughs> There you go. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like that. It's like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So start yeah. from the beginning. So you wrote the series as well. Started off with um, Bully, The House Always Wins, which is the future, is after the movie. So everything is written backwards. So Bully, The House Always Wins, is the first, it was a short film. Rhonda and I created it when we was in um, DR. We was out there in Puta Cana somewhere, up at the Plata, one of those. Just chilling with my brothers. Just walk in, nigga, trying to get it in. Turn it up, don't matter. No matter where you walk, bad food, want the ball, when it 
this shit come on, stop playing. Since you clearly don't give a fuck, neither do I. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. like 2014 we was there with a bunch of people you know saying it was like 20 of us we were deep everybody was getting drunk and then me and Arandi had a, a a powwow on the sidelines and he was like looking at me like you know saying like what's what's the next project because we was just shooting music videos and stuff of that nature and i told him i was tired of shooting music videos and i wanted to take it to my dreams i wanted to take it to the next level and shoot a movie we thought about these two characters that they partners, but we wanted something different than a training day, um, deep, um, deep cover. We wanted something that, that's more like authentic and is different, like a Quentin Tarantino type of feel, of you know, of the hood. So we came up with Bully. We shot the short film. It took about like three weeks to shoot. We got good. That's it? We got yeah. It took three weeks to shoot the, the first. It was only five characters. It was like anybody I knew at the time. You know, say I was really, I was always shooting something. Stuff. You know, I was always a director, but it was like music videos, documentaries, weddings, uh, baby showers. I was doing all types of bullshit, shit, you know, just to get money. But I never shot a real, a real film. So I remember, like, I was, I just asked around, and I found Rosanna, which is play Zio. She's always been clutch in the, in the, in the whole team. Ronnie was always there, and there was like two other characters. It was just five of us, and we shot that movie, and it was pretty good. It was like twenty-five minutes. Somebody picked it up on Roku. It was getting like a big buzz. Like I was like, damn, it was a short movie. It was like regular. I shot it off my cell phone. Nobody wow. knew I shot Yeah, I shot it off the cell phone. Like I didn't have, I had the minimum equipment. Like I had some, like I spent about $3,000 in everything that I needed. And it was like a low budget film, but nobody could sell. So it was on Roku uh, uh, for like a year. I got paid off that. And then I flipped my money and I was going to work on something different. And then Zio which is Rosanna, she says, do a web series. So then I, we, we started shooting the web series and that was a whole big project. That took like probably a year and a half to shoot. That's when we took, when we dug deep into everybody's character. And I Fuck you, Z! <laughs> yeah, I know what you're thinking. What the hell just happened to her? It's a long story. It was never like this for me. It was never about the money. You're not gonna judge me, right? I'm tired of this fucking cop shit. Hey, bro, you show me your hands! When you watch the story and the backstory, so the series is the backstory of the movie that don't die. So when you see that, you understand the movie more. The movie, it looks more of like a, a play, like a motion play. Like every scene is like a play. It plays out. Like you're just gonna feel that. It's a different type of feeling. Like you're Can not, anybody you're not watch it see. from the beginning and not have yeah, watched you could. the series and still know what's so, going on? So you could because it has its own elements and its own story. But you um, like you, you want to feel you want to know like what yeah. why these characters are doing what exactly. Doing. But you right. still get that same feeling like if you just okay. see the rise of two kings, 
or House Always Wins, which is the future, you still could enjoy and watch this and say, damn, I got, I got a good sense of who these characters are and their journey. But if you watch the Kings, then you'd be like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. You know? Right, you'll see the journey. You, know you see the journey. It's all the backstory. So now with Bully the Dead Don't Die, I know you've been working on this for a few years, right? Yeah, we worked on it for three years. Okay. Um, we Why started, does it take so um, long? Is it Has it been consistent work or is it like oh, just so many different elements? So so many elements that went wrong, man. It was just... Um, you know, we started out with a good team. The shit went left. And then, you know, I had to pause a bit, gather my chips up, gather my soldiers up, and then go back out there. So it was a big pause for about like eight months. And then getting everything together the right way, the way we wanted it. We had to re we had to like rewrite some of the stories. Cause what happens is some people are here for the the short run. They're not here for the long run. When you when the journey to get to somewhere special, it's gonna take a long time. People just see, you know, see this as it's gonna happen overnight and it never does. This film shit is like ridiculous. It takes right. years. Or if you want something nice, if you want something quality, if you want something authentic, it's gonna take a while. It's not gonna be shot in one day and then tomorrow we edit in we movie stars. It doesn't work out like that. Bully might not be the movie star movie, but it's gonna be a stepping stone. I could guarantee you that. Everything happens for a reason. And the reason why it came out because the journey of the actual characters in the story was about three years apart. So <laughs> when me, when me and Valentine was acting in the movie three years ago, we looked totally different. Like <laughs> I have a, I have a buzz cut. Right. I look much younger. That and, and, you know, Aranda, he has, he's a baldy with, with clean shade with a mustache, right? But then three years later in the movie, he has a big beard. He's gray. I'm like, I, I look like I, you know, I, I grew out my hair. Like we look totally different. I gained a little more size. So it was like, it makes sense. So it all worked out for a reason. So when you look at it, you see two different timelines because the whole movie, Dead Don't Die, is about two different perspectives and two different timelines. It takes okay. place 2012, okay. 2015, back and forth. Who's the story so about? Story, Valentine is the first story, part one. So you're going to get an hour and 10 minutes of that. Then it's going to go into Rico's story, his perspective of what happened parallel, like the par parallel timeline of what his perspective and how they ended up together in the end. They were both going through some shit. You don't, you don't see them together throughout the whole movie, only to the beginning and the end. That's all you see. Them. Okay. So it was, it was created to be like a new wave, crash, Pulp Fiction, stuff like that. Freddie Rico. Now you yeah. are, are you a cop? Are you a CIA agent? What are you? Philly cop. He's in the narcotics division. And, and he gets recruited by the FBI for this undercover assignment to take down this crew, you know what I'm saying, this, to get to the top, like um, this, this crew called the Tremont Boys. So just to get to the next level, which is Sos. And you met Sos, Raymond mm -hmm. Cabrera. So yeah, so it's like we, we reach in the levels to take everybody down, but with any sports necessary. So we're not arresting these people. If we have to kill them, we'll kill them. We'll assassinate them. By any okay. force necessary, they will take them alive. But if it comes to like killing them, that's our mission to take them out. So we are in an undercover assignment, which is like nobody knows about it, but the deputy and us. Okay. So now are you after more than just Sosa? In, in the series, Sosa is the, the biggest, baddest motherfucker on the planet. In the movie, 
he's just a stepping stone. I need somebody who I can trust. I need somebody I can expand with, trying to take over the whole East Coast. That's what I'm here for, bro. Like, just give me the work. He's someone I got to get past. The, the, the people like Santos. Gentlemen. Santos. Boys look so serious. I own a titty bar. We got wings. We got pussy. We got drinks. You like wings? Santos and Sal from the Mafia. In Rico's story, he's the majority of mine who I'm working with throughout the whole thing. He's okay. So, so he's has, um, is like your biggest connection then throughout the movie? Like, the well, yeah, because not to tell the whole story, but... Fuck it. To Natalia. To Natalia. Salud. Listen, I need you on my team. He's like somebody I did a favor for, so he okay. owes me, so he's the guy that, that I'm going to leave. Everybody owes everybody in this shit. Come on, man. See, that's, that's, the fun, that's the funny thing about it, because, like, the way this is written is, like, there is no bad guy and there is no good guy. Everybody has a good and bad side. It's nice. just for their selfish benefit. So, like, it's just the, in your interpretation of it. Like right. LC, like LC's character, amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like what he did with his character. Mr. Captain Sabo, huh? This is what this is all about, some fucking pussy. <clears throat> if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm gonna pop you in your fucking knee. Where is Zio? Like I told you, you shoot me, and the whole city's gonna be fucking looking for you. Shut the fuck up. Danny House, he's a villain, but you don't know it. You know what I'm saying? Until, like, towards the end, you know. I need you to take them out. This has to happen in the next couple of weeks. And there's a lot of things. It's like you you could play with it. It's, it's like a play, man. It's just like a it's like a weird play. What, what would you call yourself besides like a creator? You're a, a producer, a writer. So, so I'm a writer. I'm a producer. I like to produce stuff. So people call for me when they need actors, when they need set, um, locations. Pretty much bringing money together and moving that. But I like to be an actor at times. You know, but I, I don't like being in my own movies all the time. So I'm in this and, and there's three projects that I'm going to shoot before I shoot my next project. And I'm not acting. I'm just going to fully direct. I like directing. I've been filming since I was a boy. Um, I had a camera since I was like 10 years old. And I have like on YouTube, I have something, that I, a documentary that I shot when I was 14 all the way till I was like 25. So like 10 years of the hood. You know, it's called My Bronx Tale. <laughs> Gotta give a shout out to the whole boogie down Bronx, you know what I'm saying? No when, doubt. When I first got <laughs> I, I, camera. Just came out today. I don't know. He said, three, two, one. Got my man Rich. State your name, kid. Jeff Rich. Alright. Old school. Before fucking YouTube ever was invented and people had cell phones, I used to have a camera all the time. I used to have it in school. I walked around with a camera. Like when I was a young buck, I had a big ass camcorder and I would record everything. And then I put it together when I was in my later age, when I was able to like afford equipment. And then I put it on YouTube and I sold some DVDs on, on the block. It takes you to another place where you haven't seen authenticity because nobody rehearsed it. I was just recording people acting stupid. 
Right. So you, did anybody you ever like try to fuck with you, or they were like they already knew that was the kid with the camera, and they were like whatever. Oh, so there was there was this one time. All right, so it's funny, right? Because um, you met him already. So Sos, so me and Sos, his real name Ray. We grew up together when we were kids. Like I didn't like him. He didn't he didn't know who the fuck I was, but he was the kid that would rob people's coats. You know what I'm saying? Like he would rob people's triple fat gooses, bomber jackets. Like this dude, this dude was the dude that robbed people and just take the coat off your back and, and you wouldn't do nothing. So I knew him as that. And then later in the future, we actually, we met, we, you know, we built. There was a time when we was hanging out because me and Ray, when we became brothers, we became tight. We used to go to house parties and we used to go there with like, 151 proof Bacardi. Oh. We used to be drunk. We used to go in there and say, Yo, I know Victor, I know Manuel. And they'd be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we just bullshit. We didn't know we used to crash the party. <laughs> so, in that party, in one party, there was some beef and with somebody else in the crew. And, and Ray, he was the type that he always wanted to like be the, 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 the first person to like start some shit. Like, he was his troublemaker. So, I remember I had my camera. We went down the block and he stepped up to the kid and he's like, like roughing him up and he's talking a lot of shit. I'm recording all this. And the guys on the block was like, yo, turn off the fucking camera. Like back then that wasn't natural. Like nobody would show anything. Like, right. like in today's era, everybody has a camera out. Everybody's used to it. But back then everything was top secret. Like you had a fight off vacation, cameras were in line. I just carried a camera. So they were talking shit to me, but I kept the camera up and I, I recorded the whole thing. And, with Rico's character, what's the biggest difference, would you say, in real life to his character for you? The difference is that he doesn't have swag. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have, like, <laughs> like style. Like, he doesn't have, like, a, like, yo, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. He don't have got that, that Hugo you know? swag. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, he doesn't. Like, that's the, that separates him. He's, like, very, he's very nervous and, like, to himself. And he's, like, an introvert, you know? But he's like, um, he's also like a mastermind. Like he's very ambitious. That's the, that's what we have in common. The ambitiousness. Except I'm not no killer, and I'm not, I'm not a drug dealer. When was your first thing that, that you filmed besides the documentary? Like something that you directed? When was your first like? The first thing I ever filmed was student film called Red Sweat. It was the first thing I acted in. I, I didn't direct it. I felt like I could act. You know, say so I always wanted to do it. So I went to audition. And I killed it and it won a lot of awards. You like baseball? Yeah. What's your favorite team? Red Sox. Red Sox? Sox is just gonna be easy. Ah! What the fuck? Holy fuck! I hate the fucking Red Sox! They won best film in three different film festivals. I played this guy named Garrett. He was like a promoter, drug dealer, slash like bully. He was a cokehead. He rapes a girl in front of the camera like he was just like this pathetic dude he's just like doing some dirty shit all day so that was my first time playing like a villain and i just so well I did they so made well you rape people it. when you in your first yo, job I, yo my first movie i'm raping chicks like, <laughs> i'm fucking sniffing mad grams of coke and wait what did they make and, you do for like fake coke yo, so so it was like flour so we had like flour and then it was funny because like to make it look real I actually sniffed the flower, you know what I'm saying? And I actually just burn the shit out of my nostrils. Like I was like on set, but on set, like when I was on tape, I was like just doing it and just laughing, you know, doing my scene. 
after that, I was like, fuck, what the fuck? This shit's burning. I was like in pain. <laughs> but, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do on set to make it look realistic. Are you supposed you to know? do that or you just did it because you thought like it was what, do people like really can get, get away not doing it or you have to put something up there? No, nah, because sometimes, so, so the thing is, is like, um, I study method acting, you know? So I didn't go to school for acting, but I went to this seminar for method acting in the village. So once you get into a character, you have to just go for it. Like you just can't fake it. You have to be that person. So if I would have faked it, I would not. I would not been. I would. I would not sold the the, the actual the scene. You right. know what I'm saying? I would. So when I did it, people be like, "Yo, this motherfucker sniffing for real." Like people thought I was a cokehead, and I and I don't do coke at all. I never did it in my life. What's your favorite scene in Bully? So my favorite scene is probably the introduction scene, like January 1st, 2015. I get caught by the feds. It's the first scene you're gonna watch. And I'm, in, I'm getting interrogated by okay. the cops, by the yeah. feds. Beginning. And uh, yeah, it's the beginning where they, they, they're interviewing me. For the record, please state your name. Detective Freddie Rico Jr. And uh, Officer Rico, you confirmed that any statement you make today is not being coerced in any way. Yeah. And you understand that you have no immunity for any of the crimes that you've committed. Yes. All right, then let's get started. Let's talk about why you left the grid. Five years ago, my partner and I got recruited by the FBI for mm -hmm. an undercover assignment. But when you say partner, can you confirm who you're talking about? I'm talking about Detective. Raymond Valentine, the guy that just stormed out of here. So the reason why it's my best scene is because, like, when I watch it, I gave myself goosebumps. I really felt like I was there. Like, I really implanted it in my brain when we was in an interview and inter interrogation. Like, you could see me, like, I got the, you know. Right. I, got this, I felt like it looked, thing. I liked the, uh, like, how the camera filter was. It made it look real. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, everything about that, even being in the element, like there was three um, feds in front of me. Like first two takes we did, I was practicing. On the third take, I just like, I went in. Like I shut off my director mode and I just went straight into character. And when they said cut, everybody was like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck? And that's when I knew I hit it. I was like, yes. It, it was cheers. a dope scene. So that's cheers, Eileen. Tell me about your student film, Lust. Lust was Eileen. She's one of the actors in my, in my movie, Bully. She plays the lawyer. She's actually a model in real life. And she went to school to be a director and an actor. So she had a student film that she had to do for a final. And she met me on set through somebody else. And when I met her, I just did the, you know, I was already in the middle of Bully, but I, I just like to meet new people. So I go anywhere. Like somebody say, yeah, Yo, you want to act in this movie? And I say, yeah, why not? I go there and I network. That's my that's my whole thing. I network with people. Yeah. I build gotcha. I build relationships. So when I was there, I was there to act, but I was scouting actors at the same time. So I met her. She was the director. She did awesome. This lust is based in Washington Heights, where a lot of girls get hit on. Everybody's always lusting. All the men are always looking at women with that sexual appeal. Why is it that? You never say hi or thank you every time we try to talk to you. My mom just told me never to talk to strangers. Oh, that's rude, right? So why are you disobeying her now? <laughs> Listen to me, kid. You know, don't be ashamed where you're from. You belong to us, the neighborhood. Okay? Have a nice day, okay? Bye.
they don't look at women with the for, for the brains. They always like sizing them up, like your mommy, what's up? Like, you know, you wanna fuck. They're like, just fucking open. guys. Yeah. No, they're straight. No, 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 no. Guys is one thing. You know what I'm saying? We do if it I walked into the practice. if I walked into the hood, it would be like all angles yeah. of cat. Yeah, calling, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's the hood. That's, that's the hood. Why, that's like, different. I learned to like not disrespect men in the hood because they are yeah. crazy as fuck. So I just ignore people now. But I used to cuss motherfuckers out. Washington Heights has their own world. Like in the hood on my block where I grew up in the Bronx, they'll kick it to girls. They'll be like, yo, yo. They'll be doing all types of wild animal noises. And they, they call girls. But <laughs> in Washington Heights, man, they be loose with it. Like my boys, my Dominican people over there, they be on some loose shit. They be on some next level rapping to chicks. And and, and some of the chicks, they stop. Y'all be like, damn, you got game. Cause they be like, yo mommy, I want to just take your panties off. Tell me about your two books that you wrote that are on Amazon. First book I wrote is my papa lost his job. That's funny, that's funny because at the time, so, so my career background, like my career, you know, I have a master's in business. I've been in sales for 20 years. I always been in a management role and I was with this company for 10 years and I got let go. I came home, I was unemployed. She was going to hell and my son, he walks up to me and he gives me $5. So my son gives me $5 and I'm like, yo, where'd you get this money from? And he's only seven years old. So he told, he's like, yo dad, I went to my friends and I said, look, my father lost his job. He needs to pay some bills. I need everybody to throw in a dollar. So he got five dollars and he came up to me. So, so seriously, true story. So Aww, he gives me the so money. Cute. No, he gives me the money, and I'm like, at first I was like, damn, this kid got skills. Like he's gonna be a hustler. Like he's just getting right. money at seven years old. Like that's real. But then my second thing, I just started crying. You know what I'm saying? I started crying. I was like, damn, you know these kids, man. When they're young, they listen to everything. Like, yes. You got to watch what you say around. So I got the inspiration through that. I drew it with my son. We put it together, you know, saying he helped me with it. And then I published it on Amazon. Uh, we put it on Facebook. And that was like the first time that I sold like mad copies for some shit that I produced. Like I did. I was like, oh shit. So then after that, I, I wrote um, Parallel Love. That's about like a love story, a love triangle. But it's about a parallel universe where the guy, uh, the main character, he dies, ends up in a different alternate universe where things are different. Like his dream world, you know, like he's not a sucker, he's the man, but he has right. to make a decision to see if he wants his old life back or, his, or stay with the new life. What's your workout glove company, VR Hydra? All right, so, so VR Hydra Glove, I'm a partner of that company. My boy Demola, he's a bodybuilding um, four-time champion. He created it. He owns a gym out here locally where I live at. And he created this glove. It has bottles of water in the glove. Let me show you. Hold on. So check this out. So this is the glove, right? This is the first design. So we have another design. But basically, this is where you drink the water from. Right? Can you see? Oh, it? you drink the water out the glove. Yes. So this is the water, the little water um pack. You fill this up with uh, 12 ounces of water. You throw it inside of here. And so when you're working out, these guys are small. These are small. But when you're working out, if you lift the weight, you just take a sip. You know, no. or you're doing Zumba. You're doing right. Zumba. You don't want to reach for the glove. You, boom. Or you jogging. Like if you're jogging out of the road, boom. you just sip the water. You don't have you you to. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like. It's, it's movable. You don't have to have a bottle of water. Like you have a bottle of water, you drop it or 
Or you just carry it as an inconvenience. But so how do you, you just refill it in like the fountain or cause like I drink a lot. Yeah, of whatever. Water, so you now nah, like a bottle of water, you just take it and you just fill it up. Like you carry like your gallon. The, the purpose is that you have enough water for like an hour workout. Like it's not supposed to be like a gallon in your hand. Right. It's enough to get like a sip. So you're not catching a cramp, drinking a gallon of water, doing a heavy, heavy intense workout. We just launched like two months ago or a month ago. And we got enough sales. We just, you know, it's coming Dark up. tank that shit. It's up and coming. That's a beautiful, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a beautiful journey. It's me and five other entrepreneurs. You know, it's going to be it's gonna be something. When were Talk you on the me. Apollo stage? 1998. Now, what what happens at the Apollo? Everything? Like, like I'm tonight in Apollo, you have like, like poetry, you have comedy, you have rap. And I was in the rap category at that time. And it was me and my boy. We went on stage and we killed it. You know what I'm saying? We killed it, but we didn't win. But it was a good experience. Right after that, I won a talent show at um, Boston Community College just performing a cappella. You know? A cappella so, what? Rap? Yeah, rap. Okay, so what happened? 16? Oh hell no! It's not <laughs> happening, man. I'm, I'm, I'm way. Yeah, as you can see, I'm way past that. You know, that. you know, it comes out. It comes out just nah, like that. Nah, hell no, nah, nah. I gotta be on something else. I gotta be something <laughs> else for me to rap. Like creatives have, like their mind is going crazy all the time, right? You have so many ideas and so many things. Oh uh, yeah, like, yeah, places yeah. Places where you want to put your energy. Yo, so, so how do you so, balance it? Because I always lived a double life since I was young. It's just a learning habit, you know. When I was a kid. You know, I, I had two different sides of the family. You know what I'm saying? Like my mother and my father was always separated. My father was a middle-class family. My mother, we lived in like a welfare thing. So like I always had like two different sides of me. I would act different in front of each of them in their face and I would act different in, in the neighborhood. So it was always like my mental state was always like that. So when I got older, like balancing everything else, like I could live two different lives. My career now, like I, I have a big responsibility in my job, but I run the New York State sales and it's a, it's a national global company. So I balance that out for my nine to five. Then I run into this, you know, film industry and I'm a whole different person wearing a whole different hat, acting like a whole different person, right. more of myself versus the person that has to put the suit and tie and talk very articulate. And then I'm over here being myself, more let my hair go type of guy. So, but that's, that's yeah, just, that's what you gotta do, man. You uh, gotta be diverse. Yeah, so okay, that's so how I, that's put my how white I get girl my voice thing. on. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep. Our, <laughs> I'm like, awesome, guys. Cool. <laughs> so, do you have a ritual? I do a lot of push ups, like when I'm nervous or when I'm ready to get into something. I do some push ups, I breathe heavy. And then I just like zone out, like I, I completely zone out and get into whatever element I need to get. Like I let go what I have to let go and go into zone, like a bull. Push How many push-ups you know do you have to do? Do you need to do like three sets of something or are you good with like a quick 10? No, nah, it, 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 it all depends. It all depends on how nervous I am. So <laughs> if I'm really nervous, I'm doing like 50, you know what I'm saying? you get nervous? I do, but nobody actually knows that I'm getting nervous. Like, you know, I'm poised, but inside, you know, I know that I hide it well. So inside I'll be like, 
oh, fuck, let me do these push-ups. And people think <laughs> that guys just don't push-ups for no reason. They don't know what the fuck I'm doing it for. No, no, I'm nervous right now. You can't even tell. So do some push-ups. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to do that shit right now. <laughs> Two. What's the upcoming projects that you, you're working on? The next big project that I'm working on is called The Last Fight. We're going to go into production next year. I have to lose about 80 pounds. So I'm going to act in it. I'm supposed to be a former MMA champion that goes to jail and comes out during COVID. The main role is going to be Manny Chavez. He's like very slim, slimmer than me, and like ripped, you know, like a, like a fighter. So Oh, so you're get getting like, you're getting ripped. You're not getting like six skinny. No, 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 not six skinny. I, okay. I look like a crackhead. No, right. Ripped, I was like, like if he's shredded. an MMA, he needs to fucking be doing No, 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 no. Shredded, shredded, like shredded. Like, <laughs> right. Like right now, I'm, I have size, but I have to shred all this. But 80 pounds, get... that's a lot. Yeah, I weigh 247 pounds. Like, you don't see it. Like, nobody, people look at me like, damn, you weigh that much? But I have, like, I guess heavy bones and what people say. You're dense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that. Like I'm just dense, you know what I'm saying? You know? Yeah, I'm dense. I'm not chunky. What's another one you're working like on? That. It's called Big Italy, and it's based in Arthur Avenue. So it takes place after Dead Don't Die. Rico's in jail, so he's not in the movie. It's Sal and his crew, like Marino, who plays Vinny. They're making a big pickup at 6 a.m. the morning of. And the guy that you said look, that looks like Pacino, him, his club. That's your fucking genius plan? You can hit his club? And in that world, they like just like people that rob big time drug dealers. And it's just basically their journey going against the Albanians and the blacks in the neighborhood. So it's showing that whole different perspective of, of their life, and their background. What's your best life advice? So I get the saying, you could fail, but never quit. Just quit <laughs> things that make you fail. You know? So like, all my life I fucked up. But I never quit on anything I did. I just quit those people or things that were in my way, so that way I could succeed. Learned it in my, you know, my journey in life. And the second one would be that if it's your dream, don't expect anybody else to invest in your dream. There's a lot of people when I was up and coming in this film game that promised that they was going to invest in me, buy equipment, all this bullshit, and they never did. So. You know, if it's your dream, you have to build it. I, You know, I started with five. Now I have, like, over 80 actors. I got, like, six movies under my belt in the, in the bully universe. And it started with nothing, man, like a cell phone, you know? And now we have a full production team. All right, Mr. Hugo. Hugo. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait thank to see for... the film that you created. So look for Bully the Dead Don't Die set to drop. October 31st. I'm about to be Zio for Halloween. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She wears all black. She's a space lord. Like, the shit that you're going to see her doing the movie, like, damn. Number one, you can watch Buddy the Rise of Two Kings on Roku. Download the channel Deja Vu TV. You can watch uh, the director's cut, which is four episodes. You can get caught up. And when you see this movie that comes out next, you'll, you'll get the whole entire universe. You know, I'd like to thank you for helping me out promoting this. Um, you did an excellent job. Every interview was like hitting home. Thank um, you. Think, uh, <laughs> keep up the great work. After this, don't be a stranger. I feel like this is just the beginning for us. Yes, yes, yes. We, you, you know, know? I, I got you on the on the right time where we both gonna be elevated at the same hey. time.
you know? So there'll be a lot more projects that we can work out and help each other out. Um, everybody stay blessed and thank you. And, and thank you for being a supporter of the Bully universe. And I can't wait to next month to show you what I really put up, put together. All right? Bully, 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 bully. Yeah, you go bully, 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 bully. Bully, bully. <laughs> bully out. Who the fuck these niggas think they dealing with? Who got that ISIS flow? I've been killing shit. Yeah. Got the ice in the snow. I've been whipping uh -huh. shit. Couple cars on the lot like a dealership. Uh -huh.